money, wealth, assets, opportunities even, that you may lose. You must ask yourself if you love the people, because uh, the only thing that can bind you uh, to the people you serve is love. Uh, ambition is not enough. Uh, I have discovered the power of kindness. And that has made me a radical optimist. That's why I stay away from politics and from religion. Countries that take unilateral action or coercive action actually like uh, Pinoy personally. It's not a beauty contest who's, who's ahead of who, yeah. uh, but to... Yes, we've been all irrelevant before, and I think we'll all be irrelevant again. Martin's Man Cave. Welcome to the 82nd episode of Martin's Man Cave. My name is Martin Andanar. Our guest for today is architect and urban planner Felino June Palafox Jr. He has 43 years of experience in architecture and 42 years in urban planning. Born on March 16, 1950 in Ilocos Norte. He was educated at the Christ the King Seminary, University of Santo Tomas, University of the Philippines, and Harvard University. Architect Palafox has lectured in Harvard, MIT, and in 18 other countries in Asia, Europe, and North America. His extensive travels allowed him to observe 1,000 cities in 63 countries. Like he just came in and... 67. <laughs> 67 countries already. <laughs> On July 1, 2013, the Council for Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat, headquartered in Chicago elected architect Palafox as one of its two new fellows worldwide. He was also cited by Forbes Asia magazine in their list of 48 heroes of philanthropy in Asia, one of four in the Philippines. Architect Palafox led and managed his firm. Palafox associates in the planning of more than 16 billion square meters of land and the design and architecture of more than 12 million square meters of building floor area in 39 countries, siguro, more than 39 na siguro din. In 2012, Fox Associates ranked 89th in the list of the world's largest practices and top 8 in leisure projects. BCI Asia awarded Fox Associates the BCI Asia's market leader in architecture in the Philippines for 9 consecutive years. From 2005 to 2013. In 2014, Palafox Associates organized its five architectural studios into Palafox Architecture Group Incorporated. Architect June Palafox was a team leader, by the way, for the World Bank-funded Metro Plan when the Marikina Valley Fault System was identified 40 years ago. He has been making recommendations to the government to address the hazards before a 7.2 magnitude quake hit Metro Manila. Without further ado, architect June Palafox, thank you, sir, for allowing us to document your life here in podcast.ph. Thank you, Martin, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to share with your listeners, mm -hmm. your, your viewers. You have gone a long way, sir, June, from Ilocos all the way to where you are right now. The most famous architect we have in the land, architect and urban planner. How did you get to where you are? I guess it's uh, it's hard work mm -hmm. and a lot of prayer. 
I'm not exactly a saint, but I'm a prayerful person. Mm-hmm. And maybe the combination of the values that I learned from the seminary, uh, the universities of Santo Tomas, University of Philippines, and Harvard. And like, I was a guest lecturer of Harvard before I became a student eight times. Every time there's a global crisis, I go back to school to unlearn the mistakes of the past. And one of my professors, we always talk about best practices in architecture, urban planning, real estate development. We had one professor who entered the class. I was the only Asian in my class, and he says, you're dying tonight. What legacy you will leave behind your your children and future generations? All of us had... uh, we're shocked at that assignment. You had the writer's block. Then he said, you don't have to pass your papers. You're dying tonight. What legacy you can leave behind your children. Mm-hmm. So every night before I sleep, I, I think about it. It's not enough to be successful. It should be significant. I've been in six countries this first 30 days of 2016. And the amount I enjoy most doing is for the Building back better, smarter, safer, mm-hmm. and more sustainable. Kathmandu in mm-hmm. Nepal. Mm-hmm. We were personally chosen by the master founder of Chuchi Buddhist organization mm-hmm. to be the architects, planners, engineers, and project managers for four schools and a hospital in Kathmandu. And it gives me the opportunity to help others and the opportunity to help others will make me a better person, a better architect, a better Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's interfaith. And having done work in 39 countries, I think the first game changer in going global was, of course, the Metro Plan Manila, which I was a team leader at age 25 to 27, well bank funded, Metro Manila Transport Land Use Development Planning Project, and the ruler of Dubai, they saw that report in Washington, D.C. They came over here to invite me to help bring Dubai from the third or fourth world into the first world in 15 years. We were from 20 countries. I was the only one from Southeast Asia and the youngest. And we relocated our family there and we were treated so well. Mm-hmm. And every year I go back to Dubai. And the recommendations we had put forward, they implemented it, and even improved it. The recommendations we made in Metroplan 1975-77, what's going on is the do-nothing scenario. Because when we do a plan or architecture, we do alternatives, Mm -hmm. uh, strategies, development, or or designs. And we also look at the do-nothing scenario. And we told government since uh, 75-77, if you don't follow our recommendations, it will be catastrophic, traffic, flooding. Now catastrophe is happening. Man-made. Man-made. And uh, when uh, Undoy, the leadership that time, blamed God for the flooding. Mm-hmm. And one of your colleagues in the responsible media mm-hmm. called me up. I was in Dubai. And, uh, God was being blamed for the flooding. Mm-hmm. So my reply was, it's a sin of omission of men and women running our country. <laughs> so when I came back, I was summoned to explain uh-huh. the, what I said. And I, I, I 
presented all the proposals we've been putting forward since I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 65 years old, 40 years ago. 40 years back. Back in the 70s, when you created that report for, for the Marikina Valley Fault Line for the Philippines. Yeah, it was already there. Yeah, and we just documented it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you cannot build on top of it. Uh-huh. We should create a linear part mm-hmm. from Angat Bulacan to Metro Manila to Cavite, Laguna. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Some buildings and structures on top of it. Now. Now, you can build five meters away from it, but never on top of it. Like, Tokyo, top. Japan has uh, <coughs> one of the most number of tallest buildings in the world, but they don't build on top of fault lines. And um, one thing also that I learned in the seminary, if, if you see something wrong and you don't do it, it's a sin of omission, as bad as a sin of commission. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so much corruption in our country. People know about it, but they don't mm-hmm. report it. Mm-hmm. They talk about it, they don't report it. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned in the seminary also, corruption comes from two Latin words, core, the heart, mm-hmm. rapture, to break the heart. Mm-hmm. That's why we are a broken-hearted society. And if you if you fight corruption, it's a corporal works of mercy. Because the worst sufferers of corruption are the poorest of the poor. Mm-hmm. And this was affirmed again when I went, I went to Harvard. Our professors were telling us, you may be the best architect in the world, but if you work in a society that doesn't address corruption, criminality, the environment, poverty, pollution... Be an architectural activist. And I see a lot of these architectural activists now in South America. And here when I speak about it, people tell me, why get out of your architectural box? And we are all suffering, especially the poorest of the poor, Mm -hmm. because of corruption. Our country is so blessed with so many things, and yet corruption has really brought us down. And we are also mentors of the future. Like at Palafox, Palafox Associates, or Palafox Architecture, I always want our design teams to do alternatives. Mm-hmm. Number one is do nothing. What's the implications with do nothing? Mm-hmm. The do something, sometimes five alternatives, and so on. And we show the not just the cost-benefit analysis, but beneficiary-sufferer analysis. And it's not being done in our infrastructure program. Like transportation, it's biased for the automobile, and only 2% of Filipinos, I'm told, own cars. Mm-hmm. 100% of Filipinos are pedestrians. Once you leave your car, you're a pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't fix the sidewalks, pathways, walkables. Mm-hmm. So projects we do like Rockwell, we design it in such a way that everything you need in that small neighborhood is within 5-minute walk. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to use your car and so on. And even Dubai now... Dubai is walkable now. Uh, we, my family spent the New Year in Dubai. I was uh, doing 10,000 to 25,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. In Makati, on, in Metro Manila, only 2,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. We also design healthy communities, healthy cities, healthy buildings. And to have healthy cities, residents must walk at least 10,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go to the gym every day. So these are just thinking aloud. And of course, many quotable quotes that have guided my life, aside from my spirituality and so on. Another one is for from the Kennedys. Um, I think you might 
know that quote, very popular, Peop, others see things as they are and say why. Mm-hmm. I dream things that never were and say why not. Mm-hmm. And another, George Bernard Shaw. Yeah, Bernard Shaw quoted by the Kennedy. Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy. Yeah, beautiful quote. Yeah. yeah. Then from Daniel Burnham, the architect, urban planner who planned Manila in 1905, mm. he planned Chicago and Baguio in 1909. Mm. Make big plans. Make no little plans because our children will will do things that will stagger mm-hmm. us and put it on record. Mm-hmm. So right now, one of our advocacies uh, in my uh, in my company is where nobody has told us to do this. Postcards from the future. And our target date is 2021. Mm-hmm. March 16, 2021, the Philippines will be 500 years old. So we're taking pictures of the uglification of our cities. <laughs> we show in perspective, uh-huh. architect perspective, postcards from the future, from the uglification today. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm talking to you right now. I never realized that you can be an architect for life, for humanity, not just an architect of buildings. For commerce and business, business. and trade and government. Yeah. You can design a yeah. person's Just said life. it right. People ask me why am I donating back 70% of my architect's fee in Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. And I told them I'm doing philanthropic architecture for humanity. The ones, green architecture for mm-hmm. the urban poor along Estero de San Miguel near Malacana. Mm-hmm. I donated my fees again because the, my, the champion was Jess Robredo. And the budget got approved after he died. So green architecture for the poor. Because the program for housing for the poor is, has been wrong mm-hmm. ever since we became a Philippine Republic. Like, relocate them as far as possible away from their place of work, place to learn, and, and so on. And it has failed. So my advice to government is, number one option would be on-site uh, urban renewal and upgrading. If the land is available, and as long as they respect uh, addressing the hazards, like 10 meters setback along the rivers, mm-hmm. 3 meters setback mm-hmm. from the steros, and option two is near the site. The last option should be the off-site, mm-hmm. but you must provide first the livelihood, mm-hmm. health care, education, and so on. You have a very clean and soft heart for the poor. And you did mention your experience in the seminary a couple or three times you mentioned it. But I'm sure there must be something, some value, some integrity that you've learned way back before you joined the seminary. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about your mother and your father, or yeah. maybe your grandparents. But before we, we talk about that, Let's uh, take a short break. We'll be right back. This is uh, Martin's Man Cave, the 82nd episode. We are with the famous architect, June Palafox. Don't go away. We are back. This is Martin's Man Cave here on podcast.ph. My name is Martin Adenar. We are with architect, June Palafox. Kanina, sir, minabanggit nyo nga yung mga advocacies, and this is basically giving back to society and fighting corruption and uh, a chunk of what you make you you donate to 
Kathmandu. And then you did mention also about your your seminary experience and how mm. this changed your life and your outlook. No? Pero bago po kayo sumali sa, or pumasok sa seminaryo, mm. well, you also have parents, right? Yes. Let's talk about your parents. Yeah. My parents, uh, my late father, uh, Felino Palafox uh, Sr., he was a doctor of medicine. Mm-hmm. He could have stayed in Manila or the U.S. because he was an honor graduate in medicine, but he opted to be a rural physician in Ilocos. Mm-hmm. And that may be why I got from him, like, he was not concerned about being paid. Sometimes the poor don't pay him at all or pay him in kind, like eggs or vegetables. My mother... Natividad Agkawil Albano is um, was my first art teacher. Mm-hmm. And both of them were very, very religious. Like every day, we serve Mass. Mm-hmm. Every day. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it, we are also like uh, a sports-minded family and musically inclined family. So our, our home was always filled with uh, friends uh, who are who play basketball with us, which we had in the house, the basketball court, or piano by my sisters. And weekends, we go to the, the, the beach of Ilocos. And in the beach, my parents were telling me other children would do sandcastles. Mm-hmm. I would do cities and communities. Uh-huh. The buildings, the rivers, the bridges, the mountains. Uh-huh. So when I was name hired, invited to work in Dubai, it was a flashback. Create a garden city out of the desert. Uh-huh. Create a global city out of the desert. So it was mm-hmm. a quick flashback. You went to Dubai. What year? After Met, I was hired during Metro Plan or invited during Metro. 1977. 1977. Yeah. So we were the first. Uh, Filipino family there. Mm-hmm. I was the first Southeast Asian architect, urban planner. Mm-hmm. My daughter Karima. First Filipino born there. She's also an urban planner. Wow. She went to Oxford. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, where did the family name come from? And I, I found out that Palafox is a Catalan. Mm-hmm. Barcelona, Valencia, mm-hmm. uh, Alicante. Mm-hmm. They may have come with um, Miguel Lopez de Legazpi in 1571, mm-hmm. via Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they settled from mostly from Pangasinan to Ilocos. So you have your roots in, yeah. in Catalan. Yeah, and then my mother's side, Agkawili, mm-hmm. was the, my great-grandfather was the last governor of the Spanish uh, colonial and first mm-hmm. governor in Ilocos Norte of the American mm-hmm. regime. Mm-hmm. So that's where I come from. We are, my parents planned 12 children. Okay, right. and you're the what, eldest? or uh, I'm number four. Mm-hmm. And um, the two were miscarriages, so we were ten that survived. And uh, different professions now stay uh, living in different countries. But, of course, large families, I think there's the sibling rivalries, competitiveness, and so on. And teamwork, sometimes you compete with each other, mm-hmm. friendly competition. And... There were always people in our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I remember because it's it's not a small house. We even have a basketball court inside the, the and we're just across the church. This was in Ilocos in Norte, Ilocos, no. Ilocos Norte, and my parents' house were across the church as well. Mm-hmm. So church every day, six o'clock. We must be home for the Angelus, mm-hmm. night prayers, and so on, and morning prayer. That was the discipline. So when I went to the seminary, the most of the 
our mentors were Germans, mm-hmm. other Europeans in America. That's high school, no? Seminary, high school, school Christ the right? King Seminary in mm-hmm. Quezon City, mm-hmm. SVD, Divine Word. SVD, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that may have really uh, inculcated me the, the discipline, mm-hmm. the time management, the values. Mm-hmm. And in my architectural practice, we we don't accept all projects. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just accept, thir- uh, we don't accept maybe 30%. Number mm-hmm. one, when corruption is involved, Mm-hmm. And even report it. Number two, when it uh, destroys the environment mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't have any impact on mm-hmm. alleviating poverty. Mm-hmm. So people first or social equity, mm-hmm. planet Earth or the environment, like addressing climate change. Uh, profit, people don't want to hear the word profit, call it prosperity or economic mm-hmm. goals. Mm-hmm. Then triple bottom line plus two, culture, history and heritage and spirituality. And it's very consciously driven in all everything we do. Triple uh, bottom line. Triple bottom lines: people, mm-hmm. planet, prosperity, yes. and profit. I've added the culture, history, and heritage, mm-hmm. then spirituality. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm reading. A, a, I've read a book about about that. About about what you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, like companies are anchored. Some companies are anchored yeah. on that. On those principles. On that. The yeah. business mindset, yeah. and I tell my 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 colleagues, my staffers, that these core values are like lighthouses. Even in stormy weather, they will always be there, guiding us. Even if nobody's looking, and it's a, it's a very tough expectation also. And even in our company, like when we put up Palafast Architecture, we we called it from five architectural studios. So every time we do a project, there's a friendly competition. Uh-huh. In the, within? Within, and I guide all of them. Galing them. Yeah. Another one is every project we do, it must be unique, memorable, mm-hmm. and identifiable. Mm-hmm. You can see it in Rockwell mm-hmm. and, and other projects that we've done in Dubai. And what they taught us in architectural schools is there are four facades of a building. The front facade, the back facade or rear facade, the left side, the right side. Mm-hmm. For me, more importantly, is the facade from above. So you can see the dialogue within buildings, how the building, uh, connectivity, convergence with the surrounding area. So oh. we go beyond the boundaries of our project. The four, so you have five. How it, how it contributes to the community. Mm-hmm. And my presentation is Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. caught the attention of members of parliament, the president, and prime minister. Mm-hmm. They all wanted to meet me. Unfortunately, I have to cut short my, my, my visit because the way I explain the schools and the hospital, the way I'm telling you now, uh-huh. before we draw the first line, we have people bottom line plus two, and how the schools would contribute to the lungs of the city because mm-hmm. they are so congested. So I have asked that the school campuses would only be 25 to 30 percent building footprint, 70 percent is parks and playground, mm-hmm. not just for the school but for the whole community. Kaling. Ang kaling. Kung lahat ng architect ganun lang mag-isip, di ba? But there's only one June Pala Fox. It, <laughs> sir, it's, sir. It, it's not because not everything is monetized. There is this spiritual psychological income mm-hmm. and one award that I value more 
who's is the aside from the heroes of philanthropy in Asia during the 60th anniversary of United Nations in I think 2006 in New York I got a pleasant award of ambassador of goodwill through architecture for doing again schools for the victims of the big earthquake in Bam Iran in a period of conflict three cultures three religions interfaith again the Buddhist organization from Taiwan headquarters they hired us for the Muslim children of Iran and they hired me my company Catholic Christians from the Philippines and and we got recognitions from the you know, during the 6th anniversary of the UN so these are I call them psychological income spiritual income mm-hmm. and it makes me a better person and I even thank personally the recipient the our beneficiaries thanking them for the opportunity given me because without that opportunity I don't have the opportunity to improve myself become a better person tell me briefly about your siblings you mentioned your 12 and 2 passed on already so yung sampo my eldest is a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, my the sec- what, what's his name uh, Danny Danny, Danny Pal- uh-huh. Pal- the, the second is Larry Palafox mm-hmm. uh, uh, he's a businessman farmer mm-hmm. in in Cagayan Valley then my my mm-hmm. doctor sister passed away of cancer <clears throat> then me uh, then Ding is a chemical engineer based mm-hmm. in Davao. Then Francis is now in the U.S., uh, a civil engineer. Then Joseph, an architect also, but more of a project manager. Then Hildegard is a musician, uh, piano teacher in mm-hmm. Australia. Then Lib is a, is an engineer uh, doing projects all over the country. And, and uh, Cora is in Honolulu, Hawaii. The two married Josephines were miscarriages. And who are you closest to? My late sister, doctor, I came after her. And and my my sister my sister in Australia, Hildegard, and Lib, my youngest brother. Mm-hmm. And in fact what when my parents died, I got 10% share of the inheritance. Mm-hmm. I gave it to my youngest brother. Because he spent most of his time, life, taking care of my parents when they were aging. Mm-hmm. All of us were able to to work abroad and mm-hmm. so on, except him. And so I didn't. I felt that he deserved my 10%. Mm-hmm. And my other siblings followed what I did. Oh. Mm-hmm. How is he? He's all. He's okay. He's in the. In the bundoks of Mindanao, in the dredging rivers, <laughs> and <laughs> what's your fondest memory of your uh, sister who passed away? My sister is uh, because we only had two years, uh, two years apart, and I was closer to her because we could we could confide in each other. Mm-hmm. She tells me when I'm wrong, I tell her when I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and we just we agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And Hildegard, the piano piano teacher in 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 Canberra, uh, the same. Then leave because he took care of my parents, and mm-hmm. I was sort of helping 
them financially mm-hmm. to take care of my old parents. Yeah. At this age and at this stature that you have right now, or that you're on right now, when do you communicate with them? It's uh, text messaging, viber, mm-hmm. and uh, when my, both of my parents died, my mother died last year, less opportunities now to get together. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was hoping the grand reunion for my <coughs> mother's side, the Kawili side in Ilocos next week, even cousins from all over the world are, are joining. But unfortunately, most of my brothers and sisters could not make it. And because it's, uh, I think it's Fiesta in Lawag also. And we just finished also the tourism master plan for Ilocos Norte. Uh-huh. And I'm, I was told by the governor after the plan, mm-hmm. five times in tourist arrivals. Mm-hmm. So they have more present problem now, not enough hotel rooms and so on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Infrastructure is very important. Very important. Like uh, the Lawag Airport, suppose, I think it should be developed as a North West Gateway to mm-hmm. Northeast mm-hmm. Asia. Mm-hmm. And these are the wealthier countries. Mm-hmm. Japan, Korea, China, Macau, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And it's the closest. Practically it's uh, one hour to Hong Kong and so on. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all the defects of imbalanced growth of our country. Imperial mm-hmm. Manila, mm-hmm. the rest of the country suffers. Mm-hmm. And one of my advocacies, one of my term papers in Harvard was uh, Manila Bay Region Megalopolis 2020. Mm-hmm. 2020 will be one of the largest megalopolis in the world, megacities, mm-hmm. maybe 30 million people. And I advise friends in government that we need three international airports by 2020. Mm-hmm. We did the master plan for the Manila International Airport 2004 mm-hmm. to upgrade it while waiting for Clark to mature. Again, it's one of those do-nothing scenarios, unfortunately. When you were growing up, when you were studying architecture, did you have any idols in the world of, of uh, architecture? And did you have any professors that you really salute until now? Hmm. Tell us about your experiences back in college at the University of San Tomas. Before you answer that question, let's take a short break. Um, Let's just take a breather. We'll be right back with architect June Palafox. Don't go away. You're watching Martin's Man Cave here on podcast.ph. This is the 82nd episode with architect June Palafox. You can download the show, by the way, on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and type uh, podcast.ph programs. You can also go to Spreaker, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, Podomatic. But easier to go to our website, www.podcast.ph, or Facebook page. You can watch us there as well. Architect June, pag-usapan naman natin yung kolehiyo, no? Uh, pag-usapan natin yung Sa seminaryo, eh, ngayon naman eh, sa koleyo, baka meron ka mga pangalan na gustong bagitin na nakatulong sa'yo o naging, naging uh, sanhi <laughs> ng uh, mga kabiguan o whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in college, I was in the first batch of 
five years mm -hmm. of architecture mm -hmm. and fresh out of the seminary. Mm -hmm. It's like a break in into the world because I, I came from a close-tiered uh, lifestyle, although international with the many foreign mentors. Mm -hmm. And so I practically tried everything when I was in, the, in college, like there was no military training in high school and seminary, so ROTC. Mm -hmm. I, w I became a cadet officer, mm -hmm. and, and I had no problems with the discipline. Mm -hmm. Then at second year, I'm supposed to be just uh, deputy company, commander, uh, company head. But there was a hazing. All the upperclassmen were dismissed, so I was, I was instantly promoted to ba battalion commander, <laughs> which is supposed to be a fourth year. Okay. Again, being at the right place at the right time. Uh -huh. Then the first popular election in the University of Santo Tomas for the Central Board of Students. I was representing College of Architecture and Fine mm -hmm. Arts. I got the highest number of votes, and I was my the one I was my opponent was the president of the. UST Debating Society and President of the College of Law. Mm -hmm. I said, people were surprised. Like I even got more votes than the unopposed candidates. So it was a novel. I was an editor-in-chief. I was with the Student Tourist Guides Bureau. But I was very serious in my academic. I had very, very high grades until I was very active with the first quarter of storm as representative of the UST Central of Students of the National Union of Students of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. People like Edgar Hobson, Chito <laughs> Santa Ramona, who's yeah. ba uh, Eric Bacolina, we were together. Oh. But UST was more moderate. Mm. And, uh, and then for architecture, I remember most, my only professor in all my student life who gave me an incomplete <laughs> uh, architect, uh, Ingrasio Mariano. And he said, would you rather be an activist or an architect? So I, I took a leave of absence from the student activism at that time mm -hmm. and concentrated on my architectural thesis. Mm -hmm. And I must thank him because Marshall was declared while I was concentrating on my architectural thesis. So I was not a cum laude graduate for architecture because of that one incomplete, incomplete. And then he used to tell us, Maybe that influenced me doing alternative designs, alternative mm -hmm. plans before selecting the chosen one. I'd rather see my mistakes on paper than see it in mm -hmm. concrete. Because if you make a mistake in concrete, you're already buried down there. People will be cursing you mm -hmm. for that mistake. And that has really inculcated me. And, and my relatives who are doctors would not even want me to quote that professor was telling us mm -hmm. the doctors can bury their mistakes but architects long after you're gone people will either be admiring you or cursing you for a mistake in concrete which you cannot erase anymore oh. so the responsibility of building that's why some of my interviews especially after big disasters I say corruption kills if somebody got a kit back from the building from the bridge and Thousands of people die because of that corruption, not following specifications. Mm -hmm. So it had an impact on me. And when I was invited to work in Dubai, they they asked him who, how how I was as a student, and he highly recommended me. After scolding me for incomplete, because <laughs> I had very high grades for architectural uh, design, but mm -hmm. minus five points. For every day of, of delay, mm -hmm. sometimes I'm in Sagada, Menjola, Sambuanga. Mm -hmm. So 
I could not submit on time. So, minus five points for every day of delay. Mm. That's why you ask me, shall I fail you or incomplete? Sir, give me an incomplete, I'll take summer classes. Mm. And that has been all my life and always been top three in class and so on. Mm. Do you have any or do you have classmates that you still see? Yeah. Uh, I still see some of them, but I see more of my classmates abroad than here because of my frequent traveling. But the ones from here, I still see them. Mm -hmm. Like the Antonio Brothers, who are architects, art releasing, who is more into preaching the Bible. Mm -hmm. Nesty Isla, who is uh, Mm. More of a contractor. I think Arthur Leasing built this. Yeah, Arthur, yeah. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, who else? Boy Suniko is a painting contractor. Mm-hmm. We went uh, different ways. Uh, then, after USD, martial law, uh, we can move on to uh, master's degree at UP. UP naman. UP. Again, I UP was... Uh, Master's degree taken after Dubai or before Dubai? Before Dubai. Before Dubai, right. And before Metroplan. So UP, I, I won the competitive exam for scholarship uh, grant by the United Nations Development Program. Mm-hmm. But the condition was, for every year of scholarship, you must work for government projects two years. Mm-hmm. So the two-year course I took it in 13 months was able to negotiate. Payback uh-huh. is 24 months. Uh-huh. And I was very lucky enough because uh, I work uh, with the president of UP, mostly intelligent visionary men at that time, Odi Corpus, um, for the UP campus plan, then public works, transportation, communications, David uh, Konsumni. So when the World Bank funded Metro Plan uh, was approved, I was appointed as senior planner and team leader for development planning. Mm-hmm. I was only 25 years old. Wow. So at age 26, the ruling class of Dubai, mm-hmm. they saw my name at Metroplan. So Sultan Khalifa Al-Habtur, very close to the rulers of Dubai, Minister of Labor, uh, uh, Parliamentary member, Dubai City Council uh, member, President, managing director of the Dubai Electricity, very mm-hmm. powerful positions. Mm-hmm. He enticed, invited me to work in Dubai mm-hmm. as an urban planner and architect. That was December 1976. I still have 120 days for my Metro Plan commitment. Uh-huh. And they were surprised. They waited for me. And what a break. They gave me the package of a European-American in their mid-50s and was only 26 years old. One ton excess baggage allowance. Uh, wife plus two children. I only had uh-huh. one child. Uh-huh. That's why Karima was born in Dubai. Mm-hmm. They built for us a villa, four gallons of gasoline every day. And we encouraged us to go around the world for every year of service, one month. That's what started my frequent flying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you broaden, you broaden my perspective. Your perspective. Because I, I work with so many nationalities. So mm-hmm. we had to adapt to uh, challenges of interprofessional, interdisciplinary, multinational, mm-hmm. different cultures. Mm-hmm. And one thing I enjoy very much is ideas in planning architecture mm-hmm. immediately gets implemented. So back in 76, Dubai was practically relatively desert. Nothing. 
nothing nothing like uh, 1960 because when i was invited to work in dubai i checked in the there were books before lands and peoples and dubai crucial states it was not yet united arab mm-hmm. emirates 1965 zero kilometer of paved roads 1965 in mm-hmm. 1977 when i went 98% oil income mm-hmm. today dubai is only 2% oil they earn more in tourism, trade, commerce, mm-hmm. aviation, mm-hmm. sports tourism. And because Dubai is, uh, mm-hmm. which I always mention as an exemplar mm-hmm. of good governance. And what they have really is a, a leadership and innovation. Mm-hmm. Even if you are a foreigner, you have good ideas. In my time I was in Dubai. You can have dinner with the ruler of Dubai. And there's always a translator. No mm-hmm. bureaucracy. Until now, Sheikh Mohammed, the son of the ruler, Sheikh Rashid, anybody can text him, email him to make Dubai sustainable, the best city in the world, happy Dubai. Mm-hmm. They accept it. And I see the formula of the more than 1,000 cities that I've visited, having done work in 39 countries, the ingredients of success is, number one, visionary leadership. Number two, strong political will. Number three, good planning like uh, recognizing the benefits of good urban planning. Number four, good design like architecture, engineering. Number five, good governance. The rulers of Dubai, the heads of states of Singapore, prime ministers of Scandinavian countries, uh, city mayors like uh, Mayor Bloomberg Mm -hmm. or, or Giuliani before, they have all that ingredient. Which of the five do we have? You have the answers. <laughs> guess as good as mine. <laughs> and we are used to. And I, my speaking engagements abroad, like uh, uh, 2014, I was invited to speak four times in Russia. Mm. Supposed to be just two times. They gave a... Uh, requested me to give a lecture about the Philippines. Uh-huh. And thanks to Mon Jimenez, I texted him, what's the growth uh, tourist arrivals from Russia? It was 38%. Mm-hmm. But in volume, very small, but mm-hmm. growth. And I shared with them, even uh, mm-hmm. even late last year in New York, I spoke again, New York, Honolulu, mm-hmm. and Shanghai. The Philippines so much blessed with so many things. We're number one in the world in marine biodiversity. We're now number one in sailors. We overtook the Greeks. We're now number one in call centers. We overtook India. I'd like to believe we are number one in musicians. Anywhere in the world, cruise ships, hotels, there are Filipino mm-hmm. bands. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're number two in the world in in geothermal energy. Mm-hmm. We're number two in the world in BPOs. We have the third longest coastline in the world, longer than that of the USA. In Dubai, they have to create man-made islands. Mm-hmm just to increase their 70-kilometer waterfront into 2,000 kilometers. Countries go to war because they don't have waterfront, like Iraq invading Kuwait. And here we are, blessed by God, with so much waterfront. We're number four in the world in shipbuilding. We're number four in the world in gold. We're number five in the world in all other mineral resources. Mm -hmm. Number five. We're number 12 in the world in human resources. And we used to be number two in Asia after Japan from the 1930s to 1970s. Mm-hmm. 
And the Philippines is 400 times the size of Singapore, 350 times the size of Hong Kong, 8 times Taiwan, 3 times uh, uh, South Korea. What happened? Corruption, criminality, climate change not being addressed more effectively. And some of my friends added four Ps. Uh, poverty, pollution, too much politics, and the police. Somebody added uh, two letter Ts, traffic and transportation. Then somebody <laughs> added uh, uh, two Is, uh, infrastructure and incompetence. Why so, don't just add the entire alphabet? <laughs> <laughs> so if we address all of this, we should be in the top 20 economies in the world mm-hmm. by 2021. So this election is very important. The ingredients of success of cities and countries, mm-hmm. if we have those candidates. And it's not just uh, sound bites. It's more than sound bites. That it should be from the, the... You know the master founder of Chuchi? People already were asking, why the Filipino architect Palafox again? Mm-hmm. And I was told... It was in Mandarin she spoke. Mm-hmm. It was translated to me. They say the master founder of Juji, she chose us. These are Buddhist nuns because we have the skills and the heart. And he said, some architects, they have the skills, they don't have the heart. Others, they have the they have the heart, they don't have the skills. That's why he said, he chose us. Because other architects were offering 100% donation. Heart and skills. Yeah. I look at you and I see a gentleman with a whole brain perspective and your right brain is also strong with all of your ideas running in your mind and your left brain is also strong with all of the the numbers that you can crunch and uh, that basically explains who you are how were you able to develop that whole brain um, how do you call it mentality or what it that's just no that's just your second nature i yeah. guess maybe starting with my parents but it was uh-huh. developed more in the seminary this uh, mm. international foreign missionaries mm. so passionate about their mission mm. our prefect of discipline was a german i heard came from a very wealthy family from germany mm. and yet he was tortured when i was a he was a missionary in China. Mm-hmm. He works so hard here to mentor us discipline. Mm-hmm. Then my teachers in seminary, whether religion or Latin, twice a day. Mm-hmm. And they appointed me as class senior and first year, a provinciano mm-hmm. in Metro Manila, in Manila, class senior. Mm-hmm. So when the professor is out, I take charge of the class, including gra- grading my own classmates and discipline. Mm-hmm. And when you break the rules in the seminary with the German discipline, you write 1,000 times. I will mm-hmm. not break silence again. I'll never be late again. Mm-hmm. Things like those. Mm-hmm. 1,000 mm-hmm. times. Galing, no? Kasi, sir, yeah. I mean, you have yeah. the heart for the poor. You're very compassionate. At the same time, you're very logical because you're also thinking about your company, how to grow this mm-hmm. and how to build structures that would adapt to our environment. At the same time, you're also giving money to the poor. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is not the, your daily regular one it's uh, also the i'm also an extraordinary minister for holy communion mm-hmm. with every parish i have mm-hmm. just to be saint in salabang when we live in alabang mm-hmm. we came back to makati i'm now in 
St. Andrew Bel Air. Mm -hmm. When I was in Dubai, I was a lecturer. So I find, I said, I'm a sinner just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I go to confessions uh, every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sarado katoliko kayo, sir, ano? I, I'm open like, my clients include Buddhists, mm -hmm. uh, Muslims, other Protestants, mm -hmm. Greek Orthodox, mm -hmm. and so on. And I'm open because I, I like the Quran. It has more, gives more chapter on Miriam, Blessed Virgin Mary, than other Bibles, mm -hmm. just like the Catholic Bible. Mm -hmm. So there, and I'm a trustee of a, of a Buddhist organization headquartered in, in, mm -hmm. in Korea. Mm -hmm. And our project is lighting up the poorest barangays in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And we found out when we give lights, it improves education, literacy, and lowers population growth. That was never intended, lowering the population growth and more interaction among neighbors. When you give light? Give light. Just light, simple light. That means uh, nobody wants to be seen <laughs> <laughs> naked. <laughs> yeah, and darkness. Uh, yeah. So darkness uh, <laughs> encourages. Then I have procreation. I have friends and contacts. Seventeen thousand individuals in sixty-seven countries. Yeah. Sir, just like one of the USD alumni that we interviewed here Christian Espirito oh, yeah. Yeah. he is one creative guy and one logical guy but I realized after interviewing him that he became more successful and famous and popular because he was so savvy with the media Yeah, and that's who you are as well Papano kayo naging media savvy? Yeah, I, I think because of, again, in the seminary, we're all trained to be lectors. Mm. And, uh, and in fact, when I, I go to the seminary and we have reunion with my former classmates, mm. you know, the priests are like, I have a classmate in California already. He gave the gospel and suddenly he asked me, I let my classmate, Jun Palavox, do the homily. I'm so lucky I was listening to the gospel without preparation. Things like those. And my friends also, it's part mm. of maybe I, I never became a missionary. The responsible media, it's one way of reaching out mm -hmm. to even to the poorest of the poor from the, from the up all income classes, mm -hmm. regardless of race and so on. Again, uh, it's still so fresh in my mind. The, the schools were designing and building in Kathmandu. Mm -hmm. the, the master founder of Chuchi, he challenged me. Mm -hmm. I want you to design those schools and hospitals to last at least 1,000 years. Mm -hmm. And God forbid, if another earthquake happens, those will be the last buildings standing, becoming refugee center. The same instructions he gave me for BAM in Iran after a big earthquake. Here in our country, even government uh, real estate, they lease it for 25 years. And I, as an architect, responsible architect, I designed for at least 100 years. Some of my projects are about 1,000 years. So it's the building called said Magnitude 8, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We add 20% more, so that's magnitude 9.6, which earthquake that never happened. And those values, I, I, I get it from everyone, all religions and so on. And one of our global advocacy is um, one world under one God, whoever he calls him. Allah, the American Indians call, Indians call him the great spirit from the hunting ground, uh, Yahweh, whoever. And, and others, they call it the, the Buddhas, like gods and so on. But it's partly one superior spirit up there. And we are just tools to glorify him somewhere. So I tell my, my colleagues at Palafox Architecture, Palafox Sources, that every line we draw, think of the beneficiaries if we do a good job. Think of the sufferers if we do a lousy job, including like handicap ramps. You never know, maybe the first victim, you don't put it, will be your grandmother. Mm-hmm. So we're very, very mm-hmm. conscious of all of this. And, and usually clients, the paying clients, they know what they want, but they don't know what they need. One project, I have discussions with the contractor, project manager, and the owners uh, yesterday. said, we specified only elevator for eight persons. Why did you provide 15? And providing the 15 was even cheaper because I was able to get discounts. And I said, usually clients know what they want. They don't know what I they need because I tell my people, my designers, design for the highest peak hour. So the highest peak hour for utilities, elevator capacities, traffic, parking, not the average, and, and so on. Like, we're more generous with open spaces because if you, if you compare the city to the human being, the central business districts are the heart, and the roads and waterways are the arteries. So we need a bypass. Mm-hmm. Uh, open spaces are being sold and developed. So we're now losing the lungs of the city. And and I think doctors can make good urban planners if they. That's why uh, I've done several case studies, like comparing uh, Boston metropolitan area and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, without a car, you cannot go around. In, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, or also Manhattan, they penalize you in the use of the car. Mm. But they have very good public transit and, and walkable pathways. So by design, you're, they are designed to be healthy cities. You mentioned designing for a thousand years. And you yourself, you designed for a hundred years. But I guess now your barometer is a hundred years times ten. How would you like to be remembered after a thousand years by your family? And let's talk about your family too. Mm. We have about uh, five more minutes to talk about that. We'll be right back, I promise, with the great, the famous architect June Palafox here inside Martin's Man Cave on podcast.ph. Don't go away. This is Martin's Man Cave here on podcast.ph. Welcome to the 82nd episode with architect June Palafox. And we're talking about leaving a legacy and how people will remember how he'd like to be remembered after a thousand years. I mean, how do you even plan for a thousand years, right? It's probably one of the most noble plans ever Mm -hmm. if you plan way, 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 way. Um, even after your time. 
So, paano yun, sir? How, how do you plan for a thousand years? And how do you even want to be remembered? Yeah. Hmm. It's, uh, I did my best, not just to be successful, but to be significant. Mm-hmm. I was introduced the billions of square meters of land that mm-hmm. we have master planned, mm-hmm. millions of square meters of building floor area. Mm-hmm. Just the calculating the beneficiaries mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. we did a good job, mm-hmm. which will last several generations. And we've written two books mm-hmm. on architecture, urban planning, and uh, how we approach uh, design, planning. And we always look at the beneficiaries mm-hmm. and who are these beneficiaries. And people ask me, why do I have I to share my, my company secrets? And I said, it challenges me to be better. And, and I think we have been given many awards on architecture, urban planning, real estate development awards, leadership, management leadership. But uh, the one that I really cherish more are the beneficiaries who are marginalized, discriminated on, and helping people like somebody who doesn't have money to see a doctor. And that's outside my architectural box. And, and it's a combination of all, like not just architecture for commerce, architecture for business, architecture for, for government, but the architectural activism, like exposing corruption, or giving up $1 million dollars to save 366 trees in Subic. I was harassed there. Because for me, a 50-year-old tree, the replacement value is 9 million pesos. We already had a contract as principal architect for that six-star hotel, but we were instructed to destroy 366 70-year-old trees. I returned the contract. I got a libel case and harassed after that. But the rest of the world international media came to meet me to create to meet the crazy architect who would give up a million dollars to save a few trees so these are very very little steps small things that have the greatest impact and it's i'm still uh, a work in progress and continue to search ways how to improve life but planning progress developing opportunities for others Let's talk about family. Your wife, Wilma, your three children, Katrina, Karima, and Philip. Ano ang role ni Wilma sa buhay mo? Wilma had always been uh, very, very supportive. Like when I accepted the job in Dubai, she is a MBA, MBA graduate at uh, De La Salle. She was... Uh, outstanding co-ed at UST. She did very well at St. Teresa's. Mm-hmm. She was earning more than I did before we left for Dubai. She was with the San Miguel Soriano group. Mm-hmm. She gave up her career to join me in Dubai. An unknown destination, unknown country. We were just uh, two years married then, or less than two years, mm-hmm. with a baby, Katrina. And, and it's always been there. Even my forgiving my imperfections sometimes because there's a tendency to be 
so perfect, so strict, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, join me. Most of my foreign trips where it's easy to get visa for women. Mm-hmm. And since my sounding board, we agree a lot to be a to agree to disagree. Just mm-hmm. by uh, interdependence and independence. You always have modus vivendi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and. See, for most of my being, uh, I call it uh, married single mm-hmm. because of my foreign trips. She's like a single parent a lot of the times that I'm abroad. And I think she, <laughs> she, she did very well in raising our children. Uh-huh. And, and, and start with Katrina, who is now an ophthalmologist, uh, doctor of medicine mm-hmm. with clinics at Makati Med. Asian Hospital in Alabang in VRP and EDSA mm-hmm. and is doing well. Uh, she'll be married uh, sometime this year. Not one of them is yet married. Yeah. And then Karima Patricia, the first Filipino born in Dubai when I was an architect urban planner in Dubai. Wow. The name came from my colleagues. Karima meaning kind and generous. Uh-huh. So she has expectations very high for uh-huh. her kindness and generosity. <laughs> and she's now the Managing partner of Palafax Associates, uh-huh. while I'm president mm-hmm. of Palafax Architecture. Mm-hmm. She's director of Palafax Architecture and managing partner and senior planner for Palafax Associates, of which I'm still both the founder and 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 principal architect, urban planner. Mm-hmm. Then Philip, Philip Khalil, he's uh, uh, changing into new careers. He was an architectural lighting consultant for Philips. Mm-hmm. He he took the board exam for real estate brokers and appraisers and he, within the month and he both passed it. Mm. So he's in states of organizing a real estate company uh, just about to get started but he has to learn the ropes first. At the moment he's in the office as a specifications manager for building materials. But specifying building materials can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of temptations there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always better to assign somebody you trust mm-hmm. to make sure that's right. The money used goes to the building, that's right. not to somewhere else. <laughs> so much money in yeah. in uh, construction. And we're very ha- I'm so blessed with uh, 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 very loving and uh, kind wife and intelligent children. I would say, and they're all as a father. I try to be clinically objective, mm-hmm. but all of them are. Good-looking and looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, you've reached the zenith of this industry, urban planning and uh, architecture. And you have some projects in Kathmandu, and it's more philanthropic than making money. Where to from there? Well, I my last medical checkup, I told my doctors that to be able to help more people, I'd like to live to be 100 years old and retire 20 years after I die. And they said, let's wait for your laboratory test. So, <laughs> so when they saw the blood uh-huh. the test results, they said, if you don't change your lifestyle, the long hours of work, uh-huh. or short sleep, you'll never make it. 
So mm-hmm. it's now a best effort basis to follow the doctor's advice, diet, exercise, longer hours sleeping. My New Year's resolution for 2016, less foreign travel. I just violated it. <laughs> Six countries the first 30 days <laughs> of the year. because of Mostly because of this. Kathmandu and raising, helping help the funds mm-hmm. to finance the schools. Mm-hmm. And not just Kathmandu, Kasiguran. There was a big super, there was super typhoon that hit Kasiguran mm-hmm. just before APEC. Mm-hmm. And the Katutubu seemed to have been forgotten. Yeah, uh, survivors of the typhoon, victims of corruption and uh, land grabbing. And the ones funding the school we designed for Kasiguran are NGOs from Switzerland, mm-hmm. headed by the Bishop of Basel. So they're the ones building the school. And again, we donated 70% of our fee. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, sir. God bless you. Thank you very much, Martin. And thank you for the opportunity to share. And letting me look back and and this conversation give me the opportunity again to to take a rear view mirror of my past and the windshield panorama of the future I'm excited to see your projects in Kathmandu maybe one of these days I'll fly with you to Kathmandu April 25 is the groundbreaking April 25 yeah, mm-hmm. the, One year anniversary of the big earthquake. Pwede ka ba sa Katmandu? 300 people have confirmed to join me. Ah. Uh, mostly Buddhist Taipans, volunteers and funders. Mm. Let's plan that. But mm. first, the opening of your new office this Friday. This Friday, oh. we have a new office. Finally, we could afford to own one. Mm-hmm. We've been renting an Ayala Avenue for 26 years. Mm. The famous, the great architect June Palafox, ladies and gentlemen, on the 82nd episode of Martin's Man Cave here on podcast.ph. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Again, you can download us for free on iTunes. You can also listen through Podomatic. You can go to SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, and um, YouTube. Watch us on YouTube and Facebook or go straight to www.podcast.ph. I'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for watching and listening. This podcast.ph presentation is supported by Martin Andenar's Homecast Studio and Audio.ph.